G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's great to catch up with Ron Ross, our Middle East expert. How are you, brother? I'm great, mate. Are you? Fantastic, mate. Now, first story we're looking at today is there was a uh, Jerusalem Christian media conference and Prime Minister Netanyahu has declared without Israel, Iran would have nuclear weapons. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we said that Israel is committed to keeping Iran from entrenching itself militarily on its borders, and that were it not for Israel, Tehran would already possess nuclear weapons. We have one main goal, and that's to make sure that Iran does not develop nuclear weapons, and that its march towards an empire and conquest has stopped. He told a crowd of more than 200 people at the Christian Media Summit and the inauguration of the Friends of Zion Museum's Media Center. Netanyahu hung a mezuzah on the door of the center at the start of the ceremony. The Christian Media Summit, sponsored by the government press office, is a four-day summit of 150 people from 30 countries, Christian evangelists that the government hopes to turn into a cadre of strong pro-Israel ambassadors for the Jewish state. As such, the Prime Minister leveraged the evening to drive home the message of a united Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a united city, he said. As long as I have anything to do with it, it will never be divided again, ever. Mm. (laughs) Very uh, big news story. Another one in the news at the moment is that Palestinians have called on Britain to apologise for the Balfour Declaration. Yeah, this week, Palestinians marked the anniversary of the Balfour Declaration by calling on Britain to apologise for the 1917 pledge supporting the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. The Palestinians also called on Britain to correct its historical mistake by immediately recognising the state of Palestine. Ibrahim Millam, spokesperson for the Palestinian Authority government, said that the Palestinians fell victim to the greed of colonialism, expansion and ethnic cleansing as a result of the declaration. In a statement marking the November 2nd anniversary of the Balfour Declaration, the ministry called on Palestinians to rally behind Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian leadership so they could continue confronting American and Israeli schemes against the Palestinians and their rights. These days we're hearing about a new promise that is equally as dangerous as the Balfour Declaration. It's the Declaration of Trump, he said. And uh, he said, theirs is a promise to end Palestinian hope, destroy our right to establish a state and leave us to live as a minority under the Jewish state. 
Christmas. Certainly one that we need to keep praying for. And, uh, you know, I've heard amazing stories of uh, many, uh, you know, Palestinians coming to Christ over the years. We need to keep praying for a move of God there and, of course, in Israel as well. Interesting story. Another big one uh, at the moment, Ron, is that Kurdish kids are getting urgent medical attention in Israel thanks to a Christian agency. Yeah, a Christian group in Jerusalem works with the Interior Ministry to get visas for Gazan, Syrian and Iraqi children to have heart surgery in Israel. A Kurdish refugee toddler is the latest of 44 Iraqi and Syrian Kurdish children who've had emergency medical treatment at Israel's Sheba Medical Center. Ajwan, three and a half, had life-saving open-heart surgery that wasn't available in Iraqi Kurdistan, where his family has been living for a few years due to the dangers the community faces in northern Syria. I was not afraid to come to Israel, even though I was warned I could lose my Syrian passport, his mother told the local press. The Kurdish parents, we see, are really beautiful people. It's hard to express how nice and warm they are, said Dr. David Mishali, head of international congenital heart surgery at Sheba Safra Children's Hospital. Entry visas for Ashwan and his mother, as well as the others, were expedited by the Israeli Interior Ministry in coordination with Shevet Akim, a Christian Zionist organization based in Jerusalem. Shevet Akim helps children from Gaza, Iraq and Syria come to Israel for cardiac surgery. Since 2003, several hundred Kurdish children have been brought over, says Director Jonathan Miles, a ministry we need to be praying for. Absolutely. Such an important thing to keep uh, praying for that. And uh, interestingly, in the Palestinian world, normalisation is the ultimate betrayal. Uh, Explain that one for us, mate. For the hardline supporters of the Palestinian cause, normalisation or tatbiya in Arabic, is the worst political sin any Palestinian can commit. It's been adopted as a term of abuse by the Palestinian leadership and by organisations that support them, including the BDS, the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions Movement, to stigmatise any form of Palestinian-Israeli activity. In June, the Palestinian Authority sacked a man from its education ministry and removed him as council chief of the West Bank village of Deir Kadesh after a social media video showed four of his Israeli neighbours joining in the celebration at his wedding. In December 2018, a Palestinian court in Ramallah sentenced a Palestinian-American to life imprisonment for brokering the sale of a house in the old city of Jerusalem to an Israeli organisation. In September 2016, the Palestinian Authority arrested four Palestinians for sharing a cup of coffee with Jewish community members in the West Bank town of Ifrat, claiming that it was a crime for Palestinians to meet socially with Jewish settlers because it promoted normalisation. And lastly, Ron, we love to hear about the discoveries in uh, Israel Uh, There's been a Byzantine church dedicated to the glorious martyr discovered in Jerusalem. Tell us about that. I love the name because I believe the glorious martyr means Jesus. Yeah. Today, no one knows who the glorious martyr is, they say, Uh, at least not yet. 
that Benjamin Storkin and the Israeli Antiquity Authority <coughs> have found the Martyr's forever home, a crypt still intact, which is a very unusual find. The Byzantine church that housed the crypt was excavated at Ramat Bet Shemesh, less than 20 miles from Jerusalem. The church was built under Justinian. A chapel was added with Tiberius II uh, when he was emperor. This is known because the uh, Israel uh, Antiquities Organization uncovered a Greek inscription indicating that Tiberius funded the elaborate, elaborate chapel south of the main body, body of the church. In the courtyard, the team also discovered the inscription commemorating the glorious martyr, whoever that may have been. The church, very large for its time, was laid out as a basilica, featuring a main central hall with an aisle on each side. Archaeologists believe pilgrims went down one staircase into the crypt and out via another so the church could accommodate a large volume of worshippers. In addition to the Byzantine lamps, Islamic clay lamps were found, indicating that the glorious martyr was worshipped and Christianity practised after Muslims conquered the Holy Land. Just imagine that. Mm, fascinating story. And, uh, Ron, before we wrap up today, uh, I've got a quick joke I want to share with you. You got another minute? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so you know how the Jews are well known to be good businessmen and smart with money, and, you know, Proverbs says that a, a wise man will leave you know, uh, an inheritance for his children's children, you know. They're, they're, well, they're, they're very good with their finances, aren't they? Excellent. So I've heard a, a story recently about a school teacher that said to her students, who is the most influential person in history? Whoever gets this right, I'll give them $10. And this little Jewish boy put his hand up and she said, yes, uh, who, who is it? And he said, it's Jesus. And she said, well done. You, you get the $10. Congratulations. But I'm a little surprised. Why would a Jewish boy say that Jesus is the most influential person in history? And the little boy said, well, in my heart, I knew it was Moses. But in my head, I knew it was Jesus. And hey, business is business. <laughs> uh, always good to catch up with you, Ron. Thanks for your time, mate. God bless. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.